Hello, League lovers, and welcome to the Fend episode five. Thanks so much for joining us. This, of course, brought to you by George's Fine Meats. You can find us on Twitter at the Fend HJ. I'm Adam Hawes, and with me is rugby league legend Gary Jack. Welcome, Jimmy. G'day, Horsey. How are you? Great to see you again after another. Well, we're past halfway now in the season. Round eleven, another exciting weekend of football. Yeah, sure was. How was your weekend? Did you run into any Karens at Bunnings, for example? I didn't run any Karens at Bunnings. I saw a few Karen, Karens on, on the social network. There plenty, <laughs> plenty, there's plenty out there at the moment carrying on, but uh, I was I didn't go to Bunnings on the weekend, no. Yeah, they need to pull their heads in some they of those people. certainly do. Uh, I had a great weekend because I got, a, I got a free coffee out of you, oh, for, uh, which is a rarity <laughs> after the Eels trounced the Tigers. Uh, look, you, you deserved it. You know, you Actually, I thought you were going to take a picture of it. You had it there about half an hour before you had a sip. <laughs> I don't know what you were waiting for, but it took you half an hour of your first little sip of coffee. Yeah, uh, interestingly, the churros never turned up, so I'll hold you to that for the next visit to Oliver Brown. <laughs> well, I said 15 minutes, and we couldn't wait 15 minutes. Yeah, okay. Uh, now, uh, from next week, um, we've got some exciting news. Uh, Gary's great giveaway starting up with the help of our friends at the Seven Mile Brewing Company. We'll have more details on that later in the week, but it'll certainly be worth tuning in for Very that good. one. Now, which team impressed you most from round 11? Oh, look, look certainly uh, Penrith. Their, their form was uh, pretty good on the weekend. They... Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a tough game. It was a tough game up there, and they did. Uh, they played very hard. They had a few key players out. Uh, I think Penrith are going well. It's certainly, they're one of the sides. Eels also as well with their win on Friday. And obviously, look, I think the Storm, the Storm were very uh, methodical uh, over the hapless Broncos. Yeah, uh, you mentioned the Panthers. Best start to a season in club history. They are running first on the ladder ahead of the Storm and the Eels. They beat the Gold Coast 22-14. to 14. You might think, gee, that's not very convincing, but mm. they were missing Kickow, Coruscant, Edwards, Farray. Yeah, that's right. They were. They were. Key positions in key spots. You know, the one, the six, the second rower, uh, and the number nine. And uh, it, it was the game was in the balance. It was 16-14 with about 15 minutes to go. It really, they, they played very well. Uh, give Titans the credit. They played very well. Um, I was really excited with some of the players, tries they scored. Um, but that, that lethal left-hand edge for the Penrith got them with Steve Crichton there. They, down that side, they, they scored. He's them. impressive, isn't he? Oh, he, well, he's well, a weapon. He is a weapon. 20, 20 years of age, I believe they've just re-signed him. Uh, Cleary was fantastic again at number seven, but their forwards up front, um, you know, Fisher-Harris, uh, Yo played very, very good for the for the Penny Panthers and, and led the way. It was a difficult game. They could have maybe dropped it. But, you know, they showed a lot of expertise and leadership, I think, from Cleary to get them over the line. Well, before we move on, the Panthers didn't make the finals last year. No. Do you believe they could go from non-finalists to premiers in the space of a season? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. No no problem at all. They can, yeah. They had, the, they had the talent last year, but didn't deliver. Well, for whatever reason, they didn't deliver. But this year, the side has really come together for their, for their best start since 1991, which when they won the premiership. So from 11 games, what, nine, nine Well, they've wins. gone better than that now. They've gone, they've gone better than the 1991 side. No, they've gone better than that. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's the new record. Yeah, yeah that's right. So certainly um, I think they can come from outside the eight to, to win it this year. Wow, okay. Uh, and yeah, another big test uh, against Manly at Lotto Land on Saturday night. So plenty of uh, issues for us to discuss. Unfortunately, again, one of them is the bunker. How do you explain the calamity at Cogra, the Sharks and the Dragons? You could argue this cost the Dragons a win. Video referees Ben Galea and Steve Clark axed on the stroke of full-time. Mm. That's mm. how dimly the NRL looked at this one. Matt mm. Duffy grounding the ball ahead of Jack Williams, but the try was given to the Sharks back row regardless. What is happening in the bunker, Jimmy? 
mate, it's a disgrace whatever's happening there. How could you miss it? I haven't seen one person that said, yes, it was. Uh, they've made the right call there. Everyone could see that Dufty put the ball down. So it's obviously a line dropout for St George. Um, you know, it's happened before. It happened two weeks ago we spoke about it. But all they've got to do is just watch the screen from the head-on shot. You could see it as clear as a nose on your face that he grounded the ball. So how do they get it wrong? I just cannot believe how they get it wrong. Maybe we need a bunker on the bunker. <laughs> You know what they need to bring back? The camera on the bunker. Remember you could see what they were doing in there? What are they yeah. doing in there now? Are they even there? I think one had gone for a coffee on a bit, bit of a read of the paper and the other one was maybe playing patience when it happened because they certainly weren't watching the footy uh, and those crucial calls, what if it cost Mary McGregory's job? That decision, they lose the game, which they did lose the game and it cost him his job. It's wrong. Maybe Uber Eats just turned up at that point and they just <laughs> ducked out to uh, pick up their order. Yeah, that was a, a shocker. Uh, now, congratulations to the Bulldogs. They ended a six-match losing streak. No one picked this one. They knocked over the Knights in Newcastle. Coach uh, Adam O'Brien not happy there at Newcastle. Not only did he lose Andrew McCulloch, the hooker, and his backup, Connor Watson, for the season with injuries. Yeah. How bad is that? But he was filthy with yep. his players' attitude. Called his team entitled. Have you ever been called entitled? No, never been called entitled. No, called a lot of other things, but not entitled. And I think he was spot on. His key playmakers in the side, you know, uh, uh, Mitchell Pearce and um, Ponga. Ponga, those two players, they were very quiet. You know, they're the key playmakers of the side. You know, they, they got back into the game later on towards the second half of the game. But when it mattered at home, that was a must-win game. that He would have ticked that off on his two points to making the top eight. And they just didn't deliver. But that was the problem. I think the players ticked it off as well. well that's right. They, they they thought they were they were going to get there. It was just going to just going to fall into place. And they met a very committed uh, bulldog side, um, who have been you know courage and effort. They're an eight out of ten every week. They haven't got a great deal of skill, but they're an effort. And you could see the way the game was brewing, that the things were starting to go their way. And and full credit to to the bulldogs. You know they took their opportunities and footy's all about taking opportunities and. And come away with a win. And a first win for interim coach Steve George Harless. Yes. He watched his side blow a win the week before. Can you imagine the nerves <laughs> in that coach's box when yeah. Newcastle came back late in that game? He wouldn't have been able to watch, bro, yeah, Georgie. No, no, he wouldn't be able to watch. And it's full credit to him. Yeah, the players went out there, and despite what's happened the last couple of weeks, they went out there and they played footy. They all gave 100%. Um, and the rub of the green went their way, and they had a great win. So it's good, to, you know, their first win in six games, it was very good for the Bulldogs. You know, the best thing about Newcastle was their stadium. How well did that hold up in those atrocious conditions? Yeah. It flooded. Out the streets, it was it flooded when the game was on. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a great ground. It's always been a great ground. They've done it up well, and it's, um, you know, it was a beautiful ground to play on. One of the worst ever games, weather-wise, I saw was actually at Newcastle. back in 1997 against the old Bears. And it was I was there covering it as a young reporter for Rugby League Week. It was sideways, icy rain. It must have been less than 10 degrees. There's only a few thousand there, which is unusual for Newcastle to always get a big crowd. Mm. And Darren Albert went off with hypothermia. Mm. That's how cold it was. Mm. Mm. Wow. You yeah. must have played in some horrendous yeah, conditions. Look, I did a bit of research here. The game that sticks to me is the first game of the 1990 season. We played mainly at Leichhardt Oval. And Michael O'Connor was the captain. And the, the hail came in. And Leichhardt Oval is sort of dug into the ground and where the gutters are around the outside. It hailed and the gutters were full of the ice cubicles and therefore the rain couldn't get away. So the rain backed up and the rain actually flooded the ground. At that time, uh, Manly were in front and the referee, it was that bad, the referee said, would you like to go off, Michael, if we, until, this, until this goes? Of course, they were leading six points to four. Snoz went, no, no, we want to keep playing. You, you couldn't hold the ball. You couldn't kick it. They were ahead and the conditions suited them. 
So uh, we stayed on the field. Uh, Manly won the game. 14 points to 12, I think it was. But that was just the, one of the worst conditions I've ever, ever seen in my life. Did you fear for your safety? You feel I might have drowned. That's, you, <laughs> that's what you feared for. And every time you, you, you dived on the ball, you slid into the fence. You couldn't stop sliding. Um, so, and that was one of the one that would be that worst day I've ever ever played footy in. But our stadiums are so much better these days. There used to be mud baths back in the day. I remember some State of Origin games at the SCG, even yep. Parramatta Stadium when it first opened. There were some really yep. brutal yep. games in the mud. I tell you, what, there were some brutal games over in England too, in the in the cold as well. You know, at uh, Mount Pleasant, aptly named Mount Pleasant, <laughs> which is over in Batley, was the most unpleasant place I've played footy. It was about minus five degrees. The ground was rock hard. The wind was blowing down. It was about a 15-foot slope from top to bottom. It was just something out of the 1800s. And I said, what are we... This is November. And poor old Chris Toro, who came over from, from Manly, he joined us. He was purple at half time. His lips, his lips were purple. And he'd come from Manly Beach to Mount, Mount, Mount Pleasant. Mount Pleasant. Oh, what a what Isn't a that what you say to the case? Listen, I've got a bit of a twinge today. I might sit this one out. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. That, that was, uh, and, and the balls out there are orange too. They're not, not white balls because you can't see them. They're orange balls. Yeah, and people will remember also that snow game between the Raiders and Tigers back in 2000. Hey, uh, big news over the weekend. David Fafita, three-year deal with the Gold Coast Titans. Well done to them. That is incredible signing. Uh Plucked him away from the Broncos, who just go from bad to worse. But look, come on. He's played 37 games. Mm. Is he worth $3.5 million? Could anyone mm. who's played so mm. few games, no doubt how talented they are, be worth that sort of money? Mm. Look, he is a talent, there's no question. But he's not a, he's not a playmaker. He, you know, he's, a, he's a back rower. And that's what he is. You know, he's, he's 20 years of age. He's fantastic at what he does. And, and hopefully he'll de- keep developing. But... You know, that's a lot of money for someone who's not a playmaker. And there's been other players in the past that have gone to, you know, they paid big money for Jared Hayne went there as well. Uh, you know, players like that in the past. So you really, I suppose, got to question why they've obviously targeted him and they think that once Fafita's there, other good players will come to the side. But really, they need those playmakers, those halves and five-eights. They're the people that, that make the side, take the side around the park, not your back rowers. Well, that's right. They've also signed Herman SESA, mm. Tino Fasumilani. So they're going to have an awesome pack, but who's going to put the bloody ball over the line? Who's going to score the tries? <laughs> that's right. That's right. And uh, They'll have no money left to do that. And, and therefore, you must go, well, part of their recruitment, like you've got to have your, your balance right. It's it's a bit like the Broncos side this year. There's a great forward pack, but you know they're missing those key positions, which, which are the glue which hold it all together. Yeah, but they are celebrating on the Gold Coast, no doubt about that. Now, it is another body blow for the Broncos, and they were thumped 46-8 to 8 by the Storm on the weekend. Uh, Anthony Seabell's rejig of the team worked uh, for the first 30 minutes, let's say. They they led 8-6, actually. They looked pretty good. Yep. But then as soon as the blowtorch is applied, they just lack that fortitude to hang in there, and they got blown away. 32-0 in the second half. Anthony Milford, the fullback, didn't really work. He's got a thigh injury now, so the question is, should Darius Boyd be yeah. returned to the fullback jersey at the Broncos? Uh, absolutely. I reckon he should be moved back to fullback because he was taken, he was the captain last year and he was playing fullback and they moved, they took the captaincy off him and they moved him out of fullback. So I think, you know, he's coming towards the back end of his career. He's 33. He's 33. You'll certainly, if you give him something back, put him back there at fullback, you know, he's got to enjoy his football and he's got to stop sulking too because he's not really involved in the game. He's not much, a lot more commitment than what he gives. So I think if you do put him back to fullback, he'll be happy for a start. He might not have the C next to his name, but yeah, he was a winger and a fullback, and that's his position. So yes, I think he should go back there. 
He's played a lot at 5'8 and centre in recent times. I just don't see him as either of those positions. No, he's not different on a 5'8. You know, he might be a centre, but he's different on a 5'8. And Milford, well, Milford's not a fullback. You could see the way he played. He used to be. Well, he must have been a, not a very good one, that's for sure, because he's not a very good one now. Uh, and and in this, as the game progressed the second half, they just capitulated. You know, they, they capitulated. What, you had 38 points in the second half that the Storm scored against them. Um, there was no result there. They, they averaged 32 points against, this is the Brisbane Broncos, and 13 points for. So their defence is a major problem and also their, their, their structure in setting up tries. The Broncos have lost 10 in a row now against the Storm at Suncorp Stadium. Their home ground, that is an amazing stat. They haven't Terrible. beaten them there since 2009. <laughs> yep. Seriously, the Broncos should take their next game against Storm somewhere else. Go to Darwin. Go to Perth. <laughs> yeah. Do not play yeah. at Suncorp Stadium. Won't make, won't make a difference. What 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 about when you played? Was there a bogey ground? Was there a ground where you just couldn't win? You hated going oh, oh, to. There's a game I, I used to go and play. We could win there, but I hated going there. It was Seaford Oval. It, from 82 to 88, you'd have, the game day, you'd have to get up, beat the airport at 7, get the 7.30 flight. You'd land there at 8.30, then you go to the club at 9.30. Donnie Fern would be there, and he'd have the hot buffet breakfast for Blocker and the boys. They'd have their scrambled eggs and poached eggs and... Yeah, tuck in, boys. Tuck in. Go on, Donnie. Be saying, go on, fellas, help yourself. Have as much as you want. We'd be eating. Yeah, and then come 12 o'clock, you'd have to get the what across the ground was was the club. You go and play. And you go, whoa, it was freezing cold. And they were like monsters down there, the old Canberra side. And it was always, always a tough, very tough game when we played Canberra, even though we may have won up till 88. Then after, oh, sorry, after 89, I hated going there after 89. But certainly those first six or seven years at Canberra, that was a long day to play footy with the buffet in your guts halfway through the second half. <laughs> uh, I used to hate going to Dundas Valley. Dundas Valley. Yeah, when I played for Hornsby Rugby, that was a place we just never won. Less said about that, the better. Tough, tough boys down Dundas Very Valley. tough boys. Very tough. Enough said. Uh, SBW, Sonny Bill Williams, uh, back to the Roosters, it seems inevitable. Are you cheering this one or are you a bit of a chad? Oh, look, I don't think he's going to be the player they think he's going to be, that he was six or seven years ago. You know, his time's moved on. He's 35 years of age. If they think he's going to come in and have an impact straight away on the side to lift them, I think there could be money well spent there on an SBW. If it's for off the game and marketing, well, it's, yeah, so, so, so be it. But I think, you know, SBW at 35, I don't think he's got, he can contribute that much. That's my opinion. They have been a bit flat, haven't they, the yep. Roosters? So maybe they're looking for an injection of something. Well, they're looking for something, you know. Uh, I just don't know how they can afford to get him. You know, that's that's another question. <laughs> how do they afford to pick him up? What's he rated at $200,000 or something? In the, well, he'll only be playing four or five games. Four or five games, yeah. yeah. Well, at four or five games, you know, he's going to be fresh, that's for sure, when, when, he, when he does play. And obviously, the, where he's come from over in Toronto, they're glad that they're, they're not paying him. He's on like a what's it, a ten million dollar deal or something for two years. So, you know, I don't know how they can afford to afford to be there. But anyway, yeah, Uncle, I, Uncle not, Nick can do anything. Yeah, I'm not that bothered either by this because I don't think he's the Sonny B. Williams of 2013-14 when he no. took them to a premiership in 13. I think he's if you saw his form for Toronto, it was. You know, mm. not spectacular. Mm. I think even he would admit that. Yeah, yeah. And and if you haven't played at that level for for three or four years, it's hard enough to come back after six weeks mm. to to mm. try and fit into a side, mm. let alone full on the business end of the season with the NRL. Um, and and you've been out there for you know, haven't played here for six years. It's a long time. Yeah. So eighteen uh, eighteen twelve eighteen ten. Sorry, they beat the Warriors, the Roosters. That was off the back of a twenty four twenty loss to the Raiders. So they're a little bit, um, they're a little bit flat, and they probably need a bit of a pump up. The Roosters now at George's Fine Meats, 
has come on board as a sponsor, Jimmy. And before yes. we get stuck into the Eels and Tigers review, uh, what do you got to say about George's Fine Meat? George's Fine Meat at Cherrybrook. A tenderness and flavour not seen in any other Wagyu like it. Uh, it's on the market. The best eating Wagyu in the world. George's Meat celebrate 30 years. 30 years of service this year in the, in the in the community. Consistency and quality is its commitment to its co- community in the Cherrybrook area. So George's Meats for your best cuts. Go and see Wayne and ask for your Wagyu beef. Yeah, it is certainly the best around. Now, Eels, Tigers, some are calling this the Fend Cup. And uh, when the Tigers went up 12-4, you were certainly sending me a couple of text messages about how the Eels were uh, going to pay the price. But... Of course, Parramatta fought back to win 26-16. Oh, well, you know, we had no supporters there. What do you expect? You know, you had all your own... You had it wasn't your home game. <laughs> 7,500 tickets, you gave us nothing. You had all your own supporters there, your own hot dog sellers there, your own hamburger sellers there. Our poor boys were struggling. Oh, they did very boys. well to get to 12-4 there in that first half. You know, certainly some great work there by Packer from uh, Alloy A yeah. and, and Cheekan. They played very well that first half. And I thought, hello, it's a great sign for the Tigers. But when, then once Parramatta started moving the ball around, um, you could see why they're the best team in the competition. They uh, they created a few holes and scored some scored some good tries. And you know Mitchell Moses played very well. It was a bit of a grudge match too, and with Ryan Madison as well. Uh, Mitchell Moses scored a good try, and, and poor Ryan Madison he got heavily concussed on Russell Packer's hip. Uh, Russell Packer, yeah, he, look, he's a bit of an old school intimidator. Uh, see, he was on report for that tackle on the Prince. And Prince Gutho. Prince Gutho. Uh, but I think he's been, uh, he escaped. Uh, well, facing, yeah, facing a, a one-match ban, he was uh, packer for that crusher tackle. Yeah, Ryan Madison, you mentioned, uh, didn't last long at all, did he? That was a sickening incident. And Michael Cheekham, mm. um, thankfully he's okay, but that was sickening images. Uh, I was at the ground and you could see he's certainly having a seizure after collecting yeah. Sean Lane's hip. It yeah. was uh, yeah, it yeah, not good. good to see, but thankfully he has tweeted that he's okay. Oh, great. I'd be very surprised to see him play this weekend, though. Yeah, that's glad he's okay. And look, and I must say, uh, young young Adam Dewey at fullback there, he certainly got a bit of a, bit of a lesson as well, a bit of a touch-up at fullback. Um, there's not too many times he gets stepped and ran around by a front rower, Regan Campbell-Gillard, for that 50-metre sprint. I mean, seriously, he should have handed back his fullback licence for that. And then he got caught out, caught out with his pants pulled down. He's in the front line, twenty meters out from his try line, and Mitchell Moses chips ahead, and there's no one there. And to try, and he tried to stop Michael Sivo with a shoulder charge, which he got put on report that, for. Yeah, that's another one. So I think he's 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 players. Yeah, a tough night for him. It's like he needs to position his positional play better. And his just defence, uh, you know, we know he can attack, but he needs to be able to stop some tries as well. Right. So what did? You, how did you react when Mitchell Moses slipped over when he attempted <laughs> that conversion? He needs to get the old screw in Spriggs. I think that's what he needs. He slipped all night. He, he was sli- on ice skates. Yeah, he slipped all night. Yeah, it was a, it was a tough night for everyone. But how embarrassingly, his first game, <laughs> but not once, twice. Oh, about three times. Three times. Oh, I only saw it he, twice. Uh, I'm reliably informed he has thrown those boots out. Yeah, so he should. I've got a pair of high cups here that you can put on with the, with the one-inch Spriggs on the bottom. No problem. He wouldn't slip in those. But having said that, what a chip and chase try that was. Yeah. That brought back memories of Phil Blake, yes. Turvey Mortimer. Yes. And, you know, for me, watching that, I just hope it inspires other halfbacks to mm. do the same thing. Mm. Mm. It's on all the time. It's on all it's, the time, and it's bloody good to watch. It is, because the fullbacks now are in the front line, so that's easy to want, because they think the extra man makes a difference, but you're more susceptible for the chip and chase. And it was a beautiful little chip and chase, and uh, it's on all the time, and, and teams, you'll see the start looking to exploit it now. But good on Mitchell, you know, obviously they did their homework, and um, he was caught out, so, you know... Oh, 
I don't think it'll happen this week. I don't think he'll be in the front line. He'll be he'll be one pass behind, just you know, trailing Dewey. the ball. Yeah. Dewey, yeah, Dewey. But the other thing for Parramatta, when they take on the Bulldogs, the Bulldogs' defensive line will now be wondering, oh, is Moses going to chip and chase mm. here? Mm, so it puts right. them in two minds. Mm, that's right. That, so that's, well that's the beauty of it. And speaking of the Bulldogs, can we please, Bulldogs, let Blake Ferguson score a try because he's going to hurt himself soon. Did you? He's still on the nudie run, yeah. and his effort to try and score against the Tigers was spectacular. It's been called the Flying Frog. He got the ball down, but unfortunately... <laughs> the Flying Frog! Unfortunately, did they fly? Unfortunately, <laughs> there was a little knock-on in the lead-up, so he's still on zero tries for 2020. Yeah, look, and he's a very proud man, yeah, Blake Ferguson, to have no tries after, after round 11. Uh, geez, it was a good jump. I tell you what, he's, he'd be a great high jumper. I'd like to see him, you know... He probably play, could play NFL the way he's going. He'd jump over that lineman and score, score another try. Seriously, if he gets into form, then Parramatta's even more potent because he would admit it hasn't been his greatest season so far. And Sivo what's got another couple of tries on the weekend as well. So he's, he's equal leading tries. Left, left-hand side's killing it. Right-hand side's doing nothing. Well, they are coming <laughs> equal second. That's a little bit harsh to me. Uh, Indigenous round this weekend. We love this. It's a fantastic initiative by the NRL. Everyone embraces it. Parramatta's got their jersey ready to go. I saw that. There was contributions from Fergie and also Will Smith to this jersey design. It looks spectacular. They'll wear that against the Bulldogs. So, Jimmy, who were some of the best Indigenous players you ever played with or against? On the wing, Larry Corowa, the absolute speedster from the late 70s, early 80s. Larry Kariruwe was his nickname. Uh, then I'd go for Gordon Tallis, who was just an absolute beast, was Gordon Tallis. I play, only played against him once. How'd that go? Oh, it didn't go well. He, um, he chipped and tried, tried to chip and chase me, and we turned, and I'm going shoulder to shoulder with him, and he, I said, well, get out of the way. And he just went, woof, tried to give me a backhand. I said, well, don't give me a, who are you? So I give my backhand back. He was only 19 at the stage. Anyway, we fought, and they, he didn't get the ball. I, I got the ball first, but it was, I said, who the hell is this bloke? Raging bull. Never heard of him. And what about Larry Corowa? You mentioned him. What was so good about him? Larry was just untouchable, untouchable. He, you know, he might have only been 11 stone, you know, maybe 60, 65 kilos, but his in and away was just unbelievable. I've never seen a play. Like, imagine Eric Eric Growth, but as quick as Eric Growth, but more 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 elusive. Like, Eric would just run over the top of you. Mm. Um, uh, in and away, the, 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 the in, away, the zig, zig and the zag from uh, from Larry, with him, when he put his head back, he was gone. All right. Well, a few that I've watched over the years, Cliff Lyons. Yep. Absolute napper. Brilliant to watch. Such yep. uh, such great skill. Chica Ferguson. Oh, Chica. He, yeah. was, he was wonderful. Zip Zip Man, the Steve zip, Miller. Yep. yep. There's been plenty of them. Nathan yeah. Blacklock, did you have him on the list? Nathan Blacklock, he was there. Yeah, he was there. He was a fantastic player. Um, don't think I played against him, but and also Laurie Daly was another yeah. great player as well. Anthony Mundine and Preston Campbell, he was uh, such a great little player. Yeah, fr- from the little fellas to the big fellas, they certainly got a, a greater range of talent. And I love the way the, you know, the Indigenous guys, the way they mm. played footy. They they always play a free flowing. They keep the ball alive. Um, they're a free spirit, and that's that's the beauty of them. They coaches can't tell them what to do. They're just just instinctive, and that's the beauty of it. And you know, they, I've seen so many great players, and and I'm sure there'll be many more to come. And of course, none better in recent times than Greg Inglis. Mm. Now we love feedback here at the Fend, and we had a question from Gavetti Griswold via Facebook. He asked a very interesting question. I doubt many people have even considered that relates to the captain's challenge, which I think is working quite well at the moment. It's picking up yep. those blunders through the course of a game, but it is being stockpiled by teams till the end of the game for a bit of a breather. And the question here from Gav was: If the decision goes in your way, can you still challenge it? I.e., you've just 
defended your own line. You're up by 12-10 with 60 seconds to go. You're under the pump. You mm. get the ball from a knock-on. Can you challenge that knock-on decision, even though you know it's wrong and you're going to lose your challenge, just to get another 30 seconds chewed up? Why get- not? Of course you can. Why not? I think that's a, it's a fair rule. You can do that. You like it? Absolutely. Well, yeah. you're wrong. The NRL don't like it. The NRL have told me what? that you cannot do that. You can only challenge decisions that go against you. So, Gav, there's your answer. <laughs> I like your thinking, but it's a no from the NRL. Okay, there you go. Okay, it is time now for the Fend at the End. This is where whatever's got under your skin, Jimmy, over the weekend, you can vent a little. What, what bugged you? Yeah, look, uh, the Tigers Parramatta game the weekend. I saw uh, Nathan Nathan Brown hit the ball up there in the second half, and he went, got injured. and He went down and milking penalties. That's what he was trying to do. It's been going on for, for a lot of years. He's milking penalties. He's got away with it. Parramatta have got the penalty. And he put his head up. Nothing wanted to do with it. The hit up straight away from being you know, concussed. Um, he ran straight at, at young Sean Ball. Who's a, I think on debut? I think he must be a French player, Sean Blanc. He's come on. He smashed him. He's nineteen-year-old kid, and then and Brown. He wanted to go again. He, he wanted to go for the next run. I mean, seriously, he, he's taken a head knock. Oh, he's just milking it, and you know, and the ref so and, and they got a penalty. You're sick of the milking. I'm well, sick of the milking. I spoke about that last week. Yeah, it's getting it's out getting of control. That was a good little battle between those two. Nathan Brown doesn't take a backward step. Yeah, another good battle week, weekend was um, Jack Heather- yes. Jack Herring- Hetherington and Jarrah uh, Weirahargo. That was fantastic. That I was a that. good good tussle, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. The big fellow wasn't too happy. The big dog, yeah, as they call him. Yeah, I heard he didn't shake hands. He wouldn't shake hands. No, the big dog, he walked away. Didn't surprise me. Yeah, but uh, Jack was willing to... Shake hands. Yeah, he's a fiery, fiery customer, uh, Hetherington, and he's added so much to the Warriors. He's been a really good pickup on loan from Penrith. He has been, yeah. He's been a great player for them. That's right. Well, that is Episode 5. Thanks to George's Fine Meats of The Fend. You can listen to The Fend on Twitter and Facebook, and, of course, you can also find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Jimmy, some of your best work. Well done. Yeah, thanks very much, Adam. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you all next week. Thank you. Have a great weekend. And I should mention West Tigers in ninth, familiar territory. <laughs> with a with a asterisk next to their name for the top four. Okay, you're not giving up on them just yet. No, that made only halfway through. We'll be right. we'll finish it at Parramatta. <laughs> we'll put some money on that one or a coffee at least. You owe me those churros too. Don't forget that. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the fan. Tell your friends. Enjoy the footy. See you soon. 